and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures. But, thankfully, tor- um, <laughs> not Torchwood, but Doctor Who this week. Uh, there's a Freudian oh. slip if ever I've heard one. I'm just, um, I'm, 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 I'm not over it yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm possibly permanently damaged. Yeah. By going through all of series one of Torchwood. But, you know, done and dusted. We are finally talking about the power of the Doctor. Yeah. By the time this is released, nearly two whole weeks after it, it came out. Yeah. Fashionably late to the party. You need to say your name's David, my name's Matt. You missed that bit, but it's fine. Everyone knows. Oh, have I not done that bit? It's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, we, if you, who's tuning in for this episode as your first taste of this pod? You know, realistically. Anyway, I'll I'll do the spiel for the sake of it. My name's David, and as always, I am joined by the nostalgic Matt. Hello there. There we go, got it out of the way. Yeah, I'll sleep tonight now. I would have been up all night worrying. (laughs) So anyway, Matt, um, yeah, we're talking about the power of the Doctor. Yeah. You know, just to... Just a just a little old feature length BBC centenary special. And I think it's no important big deal. to say, even though we're reviewing this a week after its release, we have yeah. no communication this week. I don't know what you thought of this episode, and vice versa. No, absolutely no idea. I'd be I've I've been uh, very. Uh, studiously avoiding not just your opinions Matt but most people's opinions on mm. on this episode to be honest um I've kind of just tried to stay in my own little bubble and just kind of think on it as best I can over the past seven days so uh yeah I'm I'm absolutely raring to go to talk have, about have it before you we get it there since release yeah I watched it again this morning I haven't watched it in full so basically for context I've I watched it in full on on the day of release. Um, I have since tried to avoid Twitter as much as possible, um, not read any written reviews, not listened to any podcasts, but the one indulgence I did allow myself was I have watched a couple of reaction videos of it. Mm-hmm. So I've seen, I've seen it once all the way through fully, and I've also... Watched the if you like the highlights the key points I've I've watched those in the context of reaction videos a couple of times as well. Um, I I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching it again. In a, in a few weeks, maybe after the dust has settled and it's yeah, it's just for me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> an hour and a half episode. It's hard to find the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. watching it this morning making um, notes. It took me the best part of three hours. Oh, good God, yeah. Um, well, thank you, as always, for your sterling effort in, in preparing the notes. Um, because um, this, you know, it wouldn't be much of a podcast if you didn't, would it? Uh, some say it's not much of a podcast anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but as we know, that's the real power of the Doctor, isn't it? Doctor Who podcast. Yeah. Uh, it seems that way. It's certainly the lifeblood yeah. of the fandom. In, in many ways, David, me and you are the power of the <laughs> As indeed are our lovely listeners. Um, now, I was about to say, if you're listening to this wondering, am I the power of the Doctor? No, no, you're not. 
Oh, okay. Well, it's just me, just us, just me and David and other Doctor Who podcasts. Uh, okay, but only the ones you like. Yeah, yeah. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Married to who? You're the power of the Doctor. Yeah. Cloister Bell? You're the power of the Doctor. Verity? Um, I, I've only listened to one episode of Verity, and it's one you sent me that was an interview with that lady director. Oh, Rachel Talalay. That's the one. I'll be honest, I skimmed it. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I can't wait to talk to you about it. But I think we should we should get a bit of a normal preamble out of the way first. So, um, your week been all right, Matt? David, my week's been sensational. Fancy? I've been off work all week. Oh, all right for some. So, I think when I spoke to you last, it was the day of release of Power of the Doctor. Uh, yeah. So, I didn't watch it on release because I was out. So, I watched it on the Monday. Uh, and then, yeah. on the Tuesday night, got together with the old after-show crew for a bit of a chinwag, a bit of a chat about the episode. Which is... Yeah, which also, I, I have not watched... Um... <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, Matt, I drank a bit of tea there and it, it went down the wrong way. Okay. And it's, um... <laughs> um, I, I'd, yeah, I'd say I, I, it's I probably have... best you haven't watched that, David. Their, their opinion of you gets lower every time I speak to them. <laughs> they, they've, they've really shown their true colours when it comes to you. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, because I, I, I really, I genuinely... As much as I didn't want major spoilers for the power of the Doctor, I really didn't want spoilers for what you made of it. Yeah, so um, yeah. So yeah, that was Tuesday. Then I didn't really do anything on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, Friday mm-hmm. was my weekly get to, uh, weekly monthly get together with my friends. So we get together once a month, but not break it. So we split it over two days. And that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, now notably. I, I, I'm not included in that category of uh, friends, clearly. No, because once upon a time, I didn't get my invite. Ago, I went, oh, do you like Warhammer? And you just went, no, I'm not really fussed. So after that, you were out. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had two days of Warhammer. Um, but awkwardly, as part of that, um, for, former yeah. enemy of the show, but he's all right, really. Uh, Tim Riley stayed at my house on the Thursday into the Friday. And I didn't really know what to do to entertain him. Um, so we went to the cinema to watch Black Adam on Friday. Uh-huh. But I'd already promised my partner that we'd go see it on the Saturday. So, David, I, I've seen <laughs> Black Adam twice. And I had to pretend I hadn't already wow. seen it. So I had to sit through it like, going, oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> The way I see it, is it a film worth watching twice? Only about twenty quid. <laughs> so that's a that's a no to that David, question then. Not not worth the second uh, visit. Are you familiar with the Weekly Planet podcast? I think you've told me you've listened before. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a regular listener. Yeah. All oh, right. Well, using their rating scale of uh, best movie ever, worst movie ever, or just a movie, it's just a movie. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it was fine. I've experienced it. My life hasn't changed. 
Mm. Now we're we're both you know we're both fans of superhero media in in general, and and but I wonder, are you reaching the point of of the much vaunted uh, superhero fatigue? Do you think you are close to reaching that point of just there are too many of these films and they're all basically the same? Um, no, I'm all in on Marvel, but everything else, I'm yeah. just like, whatever. Like, I watch a lot of stuff. Like, I, mean, I don't think many people have seen the 2022 Sylvester Stallone movie, Samaritan, where he's a superhero, but I'll watch it. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to watch instead? Um, That's the real question. Classic <laughs> Who? I don't I mean, think so. Yeah. Bit of Blake 7, maybe? Oh, go to hell. <laughs> uh, what about you? One day I've got to persuade you to do a whole spin-off. Um, oh, my, my, my week has been uh, largely dominated by work. Um went uh had had a nice little uh day out yesterday went up to Sutton Bank and the, uh, you know the 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 bike shop up on Sutton I Bank I do I know it well yeah they were doing a uh Halloween time trial um event for kids uh going around the little bike skills track okay. there um so we took little Zorbs along for that he 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 wore a little robot costume and but I mean it was to be honest, pissing it down for for most of the day. So he was wearing a coat over his robot costume. It wasn't. I mean, it's brave, isn't it, to organise a, a an outdoor fancy dress event at the the arse end of October on top of a big hill yeah. in North Yorkshire. Yeah, that's ambitious. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. What and uh, you know. Saw a bunch of kids. Uh, Little Zorbs was in the um, uh, balance bike um, uh, category because he's not upgraded to pedals just yet. But um, I think that's that's in the offing in, in the next 12 months. Um, but, uh, yeah, he gave it his best shot. I think he was probably the only participant to insist on stopping for a chat with every passerby that he met well, the, on his way round the, the track. The concept of a time trial is really lost on him, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, re- it really is. It really is. And, and uh, to be honest, most of the other parents there were, were, you know, very, like, proper competitive parents, like, really psyching their kids up, like, okay, right, so for this bit... You know, you need to you need to go really fast on this bit, and then make sure you slow down for this corner, and you know all of this. And we were just like, you were, we were like, just, like, just be nice. Oh, give it a go. Yeah, just just have a nice day. <laughs> so yeah, no, no podium placement for little Zorbs, no. but we had a nice day. Huh? Well, in, uh, and today, in, in his own way, taking sorry. part. That's the real power of the Doctor, isn't it? So. I think so. I think he'd agree with that. Um, and today, um, my partner was out at a um, a talk about um, um, neuroscience in dogs. Okay. Because that's how that's how she uh, likes to kick back and relax. Um, and uh, me and little Zorbs had a nice day at home playing games and making banana bread. Oh, lovely! Wholesome. So, yeah, with that. 
Had a very wholesome weekend, all in all, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's time, Matt, because we've got a lot to get through this week. So let's not dilly dally any further. Let us dive into the weedy big quiz. I thought you were going to say let us, let us, and I was like, no, David, we haven't got time. <laughs> We're not bringing that back just for one week. No. Right, David. Weedy big quiz. Yes. Yeah. Raising funds for Cancer Research UK. Mm-hmm. And David, since we spoke last, we've had exactly one donation. Yeah. Awesome. But it's a biggie. It's a one hundred yeah. pounder. Good lord. Yeah. So this sandwich. Who's is doing great. that? It's bloody Sonia. I'm certain she'd already given us. She's given us nearly two hundred quid this year. She's got more money than cents. Cripes. Well, thank you ever so much, Sonia. That's really generous. Yeah, I hope, I hope her children aren't going hungry while she's, like, just throwing money out. Mm. <laughs> she's just got an addiction to charity. I mean, it's better than, it's <laughs> yeah. better than smack, I suppose. So, Right, Sonia says, This donation is in honour of my husband's grandmother, Jane, who passed from uterine cancer last Christmas Eve. She's very much missed... And I'm still aiming for the thousand-pound kiss. Well, we're close to halfway. Oh. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> she's certainly doing what she can to make that happen, and that's. Uh, what, what if she gives yeah, us like the remaining six hundred quid, and then we just never hear from her again? <laughs> she's like, my my work here is done, yeah, and just like disappears, <laughs> never. And, like, we, we Google it, and it turns out she's never existed. No online presence. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah, who knows? 63% Maybe. of the way, David. We've beaten Wheelie Big mm-hmm. Quiz 1. We're on our awesome. way to beating Wheelie Big Quiz 2. So, we mm. have £235 to go. I think we'll do it. Awesome. So, how many how many ingredients am I adding to my sandwich this uh, week? Then? Two further ingredients. In my understanding, David, your sandwich contains yep. veggie ham, Branston pickle, yep. a tonics caramel yep. wafer, cream cheese, mm-hmm. tuna mayo, mm-hmm. and Frank's hot sauce. Yes, indeed. Right. Well, if I've got two numbers, I'm going to do the two extremes this week. I'm going to go for number one. And number 25. Oh, okay. Number one, it's another condiment. Okay. I'm not sh- I'm not sure how well it's going to pair with everything else. Uh, it- it's a lovely bit of HP sauce. Oh, Houses of Parliament sauce. <laughs> it's going to be a very wet sandwich, this, isn't it? <laughs> it is so far. It's going to be it's got that lovely dry tonics wafer to something all <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, fortunately, we we we've got something a bit more substantial and, and absorbent um, for number twenty-five. Um, number twenty-five, Matt, uh, is a cucumber sandwich. Oh, within a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, just an additional sandwich. Wow. Within the main sandwich. Wow. Cr- you know, crusts cut off. You know, I'm not a barbarian. Now, when it comes to eating this sandwich, David. 
Are, yes. are you going to tell your partner you're coming round my house to lend a hand doing some DIY or something? <laughs> is this the sort of thing she's going to tolerate in your family home? Because it is madness. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm honestly not sure. Um, she's seen me do odder things, so... Yeah, but what happens in she the won't bedroom be surprised. between you and her, David? How did she react to the pint of beans? Um, yeah, again, to be honest, she was just like, um, you do you, I suppose. Yeah. Wow. Like, the sandwich within the sandwich, the meta sandwich is really... Really thrown me now. <laughs> <laughs> right, now. Are you partial to a cucumber sandwich, Matt? Uh, am I what, sorry? Are you partial to a cucumber sandwich? You know what, I don't mind them. There's a little finger sandwich, yeah. Part of the mm. afternoon tea. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like mine, you know, as is, not smothered in HP sauce, hot sauce, tuna mayo, <laughs> cream cheese. Served alongside a Tunnock's wafer, doused in Branston pickle in a vegetable ham sandwich. <laughs> but, you know, different strokes. Like, imagine just going to, like, an American diner and just being looking at the menu going, oh, I'll have the David. And you just, you just see someone in the background buttering up a cucumber sandwich. <laughs> oh, dear. Um... Right, well, um, that nonsense out of the way, Matt. Shall we? Uh, shall we crack on with with the important part of the quiz, which is uh, the quiz. Not not the sandwich based forfeits, or indeed the charitable donations. They don't matter. It's all about the trivia. Yeah, because in many ways, David, trivia is the power of the doctor. <laughs> right. Uh, yes, I've often thought so. Yeah. Despite asking numerous times, nobody sent any questions this week. So we're going old school, David. We're going all the way back to ah. Trivial Pursuit, Doctor Who. Great. I'll just jettison all of my knowledge of uh, series 12 and 13, shall I? Won't be needing that this week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Sorry, I got an email that I thought was real, but it was spam. Okay. So, David, are you sitting comfortably? I am. Oh, we didn't even explain. Every question David gets right is worth £1. If he gets all six, we raise it up to £10. Mm-hmm. Although it's payday tomorrow, so this week, David, it's double week. There we go. That's the special thing oh. this week. Each question's worth £2. Awesome. Pounds. There we go. If that doesn't Crikey. get people okay. you know, donating and writing questions for us, I don't know what will. So, David, the first question comes from the topic Time Lords. Right. David, what was the name of yes. the planet on which the second Doctor, <clears throat> worst Doctor, fought the small, hostile robot called Quarks? Oh, well, the story is the Dominators. Oh, God, I cannot remember the name of the planet. I don't get multiple choice on this one. Uh, yeah, you can if you want. Do you just want me to make some uh, planets up? He, 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 uh, yeah, he can do. Uh, pu pull up a list of um, of Doctor Who planets. This is very very generous of you, Matt. Computer, I'll just minimise what I've been looking at because that's nobody's business but my own. Okay, <laughs> list of 
Doctor Who Planet. Right, from neoencyclopediawiki.com. Right, David, your options are Dikito. Right. Darp. Delphon. Or Dulcis. Oh. Delphon, I was feeling very happy and confident about until you said Dulcis. It's one of those two. I think I'm going to say Dulcis. Well, David, Delphon is a planet where the natives communicate with their eyebrows, first mentioned in Spearhead from Space. Oh, the answer was Dulcis. Well yeah. done. Two pounds. Yes. <laughs> I would never have got that without multiple choice. Okay. Right. The next question, David, comes okay. from the Companions. I'll warn you now, this is not about the Companion. Okay. <laughs> What was the name of Brannigan, the Catkind's wife, who the Tenth Doctor met on the motorways of New New York? Oh, my God. I could have told you Brannigan. Um, I don't know. Michelle. I've got no idea. Absolutely none. Would you like some options? If you're willing to provide them. Okay. I feel like you're going very easy on me this week. The options are Dikito, Darp, <laughs> uh, I can't even remember the other one, uh, Delphon, Delphon, or Valerie. <laughs> is it Valerie, perchance? It is, David. Well done. Two out of two. <laughs> I'm nailing it this week. Right. Question three, David, comes from Episodes and Stories. Okay. In the sound of drums, what is the name of the US president? Mm. Can I go multiple choice, Matt? This one has real multiple choices. <laughs> or if you want, <laughs> okay. you can have the standard multiple choice we've established this week. No, 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 I'll go. I'll, 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 I'll go with the one on the card. Okay, your options are President Summer, President Winters, President Snow, or President Grey. Winters rang a bell for me. I'm going to say President Winters. David, three out of three. Well done this week. Nice. Okay. Now, the next question, David, comes from years and dates but actually it features neither years nor dates <laughs> okay what number is river songs cell in the storm cage one facility oh my god oh my god are we really meant to know that? I, 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 unless it was like 11 and it was like a cheeky nod to the 11th Doctor. I cannot for the life of me think what it would be. So I'm going to say 11. Uh, it was 426. Uh, I don't know why. I thought that, you were going to say it was Dulcis. probably be some production code that all the nerds love. Who cares? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Right. What a thing to expect someone to just know. 
Like, even if they're a Doctor Who fan, who just knows that? Oh, there'll be someone out there. There'll be someone out there rolling their eyes at me and you, David. Right. Uh, probably. Now, the next question, David, is about monsters. Ooh. What do the headless monks keep in their seventh transept catacombs under their temple? Is it their heads? Do you know what? I'm going to allow that. The correct answer is their skulls. Ah, okay. Okay. So, we're we're doing okay. We're on £8 for the week. Final question, David. Comes from Cast, Crew and Beyond. It is, of course, from the topic Beyond. What is the name of the building at Canary Wharf where a battle between Daleks and Cybermen took place in Doomsday. I hope it's not any more complex than Torchwood, because I know it was a Torchwood facility, but I couldn't tell you if it had a specific name. I'll give you a clue, David. It's the address of that Torchwood facility, please. Oh. So is it Torchwood? Because they're numbered, aren't they? So is it Torchwood 1? In London. I'm sorry, it's not. It's one Canada Square. Ah, oh, no, I wouldn't have got that. Wouldn't have got that. Hey, ha. <sighs> not to worry. I would never have got that. Because, you know, as, as we've established, uh, I, I'm a fake fan. Yeah. <laughs> because I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know these things. Um, which, which a true fan, a true Doctor Who fan. Yeah, I mean, you didn't even know River Song's bloody... Cell number. Cell number, yeah. Goodness me. And I have the temerity to like some of the Jodie Whittaker era. Fake fan. Yeah. Right, but I don't think now's (laughs) the time to voice our prejudices against the fandom, David. It's time to discuss Power of the Doctor. Oh boy, Matt. Oh boy. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about this week. Uh... So strap yourself in, listeners. Um, right. Um, I guess we'll just we'll just start the usual way, Matt. On a scale of uh, good episode to bad episode, how would you rate the power of the Doctor? Right. Well, first of all, this episode does not tie up anything from Chris Chibnall's run. Second of all, no, not really. Yeah, I felt the plot of this episode was particularly quite weak at times like a bit nonsensical mm-hmm. thirdly right. I feel it lent too heavily into I, I've seen the phrase fan wank a lot this week yeah, you know, yeah a lot of it is pretty fan wanky just relied on yeah. that above all else uh, but yeah. that said David uh, this is one of my all time favourite episodes of Doctor Who I thought it was fantastic oh Oh, what a relief! You had me going there, Matt. You had me going. Um, I, I, I think this is this is easily yeah. top ten best episodes for me. Like it, it wow. was just an absolute joy. This episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. It, it um it nails that celebratory atmosphere, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that it might just be like a reaction to watching all of Torchwood, uh, season one. 
But I was just like, <laughs> I was so ready for this. Like, it. Yeah. I, I've missed it. You know. Yeah. You know me, just the old Doctor Who that... fan, David. The old Doctor Who fan that I am. <laughs> I, I'd missed this. I was ready for it and I loved it. Mm. Well, I am so pleased to hear that, Matt. Um, for my money, I, I broadly think this was brilliant. Um, I've got a few minor quibbles and one, I think, genuinely major criticism, which we will get to when we get to it. Uh, one thing that I think is that I would see as a particular failing of the writing that could easily have been rectified. Um, but beyond that, uh, yeah, it's just it's just a, a, a treat. Just 90 minutes of pure who-related joy for me. And um, for, for what it's worth, everyone I've spoken to, so, like, by that I mean the after-show crew, all yeah. pretty much mimicked what we've said there. It wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. There were some bits a lot of people really didn't like, but everybody left with a feeling of, yeah, that was great. Yeah. he. I, I, that's the thing. I think at the end of the day, put yourself in, 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 in Chibber's shoes for a second. He had a very unenviable task with this episode. Uh, if you think about it, just in terms of being a box-ticking ex exercise, what have we got to do in this episode? We've got to round off a particular Doctor's era, round off his era as a showrunner and put his final stamp on this period of the show's history. Also, it's got to serve as a celebration of the entire history of Doctor Who, but also, also, not overshadow next year's celebration of Doctor Who in the, with the 60th anniversary. Um, also, tie up the, the story arcs for, for not one but two companions. Um, and, uh, you know, on, on and on. It's... And also be an entertaining and accessible story in its own right that if someone's just tuning in randomly, they might be entertained by. It, tour order doesn't even come close. It, it is, a, a, as I say, a deeply unenviable task to have to be hitting all of those points. And I think... For the most part, Chibnall absolutely nails every single one of them. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it's... Um, it, 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 it set the bar high for itself and still managed to clear that bar. And I think that's, that's something worth applauding. And, and at the end of the day... I'm, I am very happy with this. And the more I've sat with it, the happier I've got with it. When You know, when, when, you're, when you're really hyped for something, you're watching it for the first time, and you almost get that sense of, like, you've put so much pressure on yourself and on this thing to be amazing and for you to enjoy every second of it. And, 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 and when it's something as big and potentially overwhelming as this, it can all be a bit much. You know, so when when this episode finished, I kind of sat there for five minutes and I was a little bit like, 
I don't I don't I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about it at all. But as I've sort of carried it around in my head over the course of the past week, I've really started to firm up my feelings and and they are for the most part extremely positive. Good. So yeah, I'm 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 happy we are starting from a position of uh having had a great time with this. And it's and it's nice reminder that Chibnall can write really entertaining TV because my God, last week, last week really got me worried. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I was like, imagine if it was the same plot. It was just an an angry old man with a secret and a killer shadow. <laughs> oh goodness me, goodness me. Anyway, we have. So much to get through, Matt. So why don't you kick us off? Right. So this is The Power of Doctor from the 23rd of October, 2022. As we've said, written by Chris Chibnall and directed by Jamie Magnus Stone. Would you... I will say, I was just going to say, with Jamie Magnus Stone, I was reading in DWM... Um, that that At one point, it looked like he he wasn't going to be able to do this because he potentially had a film lined up. How do you feel about Jamie Magnus Stone's direction um there's some good bits i really like him as a director the more i I, and i think he there's no doubt he has become like the definitive director of of the whitaker era Mm -hmm. um and honestly i'm i'm thinking at this point i i'd love to see him dip a toe into marvel or something really i'd love to i i think if you gave him the right Marvel project, I think he could do some really interesting stuff with it. Maybe not a, a, a film, but maybe, maybe like one of the the Disney Plus TV shows or a, one of. I, I, have we talked about Werewolf by Night? I don't think uh, we have. Don't we don't have time this week. Maybe, we, that, maybe we'll save that for off pod or something. But uh, suffice it to say, a, a special presentation or something like that. I, yeah, I just I think it would be really interesting to see what he would do in a, in a universe like the MCU. Um, anyway, that's by the by. Let's get stuck into the story. Right. We open with a distress call from a space train. Uh, the Cybermen appear and shoot for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they in turn get shot and regenerate because it's not just the yeah. Cybermen, is it? It's the Time Lord Cybermen, the Cybermasters. Yeah. Uh, nice, nice to have those back. Like that, that we didn't just leave that dangling for someone else to pick up, because um, it's a cool concept. Yeah, and it's good that they reaffirm it straight away, just so you all yeah. know what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like people like me, remember every detail of everything. So I knew what was going on, David. But for non-fans <laughs> like you, okay. Yes. So the TARDIS appears, but it can't materialise inside the train. Uh, so they yeah. put on the classic red spacesuits and jump down onto the roof. Yes. Yeah. I loved. I loved the the, the just the image of the dangling rope ladder. You know, something so analog <laughs> in the context of this, like light speed space train <laughs> you know only Doctor Who is doing something like that so the Cybermen march towards the Doctor, Dan and Yaz uh, mm-hmm. and the Cybermen in the train want the cargo yes uh, now we see we see the shot of the cargo holding cell thing don't we and it, it, you know it's obviously going to contain some kind of 
being. So my my initial thought was it's going to be the master. Did you have that same thought? Was that yeah? I thought that was going to be him, and that's how they were going to get back into it. Yeah. 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 So I I, I think that was intentional. I mean, because at the end of the day, we associate these regenerating Cybermen, Cybermasters, I think is the official term. Um, they are essentially this this master's hired goons. So I think it's an intentional misdirect there. So I think it's nicely played. Um, so Dan gets shot and his visor shatters. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to that point in a minute. And the Doctor turns off the magnets so the Cybermen all just fly off the roof of the train. Yeah. So the TARDIS team can enter the train and see that the cargo is just a little girl. Yeah, yeah. I, I must admit, when I was watching this, before I fell in love with this episode, I was like, that's going to be the timeless child, isn't it? I see where we're going here. And I, yeah, I, well, I, that, that was, point, I that was, was like, my oh, thought. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I had a similar thought at the moment of that reveal, but again, not that. So... Yeah, you know. that, that gets tied up much later in this episode, doesn't it? That story. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so the little girl's kidnapped away by the Cybermen and the Doctor's like, right, I will help her. Here we go. Yeah. Um, and then I forgot how much I missed the Doctor Who theme tune. Mm. It's a Not only at this point, we get Torchwood, end of the 21st century. You've got to be yeah. ready. I'm just like, oh, oh it's God. good just to yeah. get that. Right. So, post-credits, we are now mm-hmm. in Siberia in 1916, where Rasputin is called to the Winter Palace. Yes. Um, and for all, I'd seen the promotional stuff for this episode where, I mean, spoiler, the Master's Rasputin, where we see the yeah. Master with long hair. When it was Rasputin, I never made that link at first. I was just like, no, oh, right. no, did I? Guess he's here. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I might as well say this here. I, I only really um, after after the fact, thinking about this episode, realised that Chibnall has done a fantastic job of incorporating past, present, and future into this story. You know, in that same way of like making it a celebration of Doctor Who as a whole. You know, we, we've got bits where we're in the far future, we're off in space, and we've also got stuff set in Earth's history and also contemporary mm. Earth invasion stuff all happening. Um, so it really does feel, again, like he's just hitting all those key notes um, of what makes Doctor Who such a unique show. So, Well, yeah. in the present day, we see mm. Ace... We do. Just, she's she's yeah, great. Just being nice, isn't she? She is. She is. And, uh, and considering... you can tell she's just having a whale of a time making this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's amazing as well, considering um, this is not me casting aspersions at all, but like Sophie Aldrin hasn't been doing much on TV mm. in the intervening years. She's done a lot of voice work uh, with Big Finish and others. Um, but 
yeah, she's... And, like, there were interviews with her and uh, Janet Fielding basically talking about just, like, how different the TV production is from from when they were doing it, you know, and and kind of almost a bit of a culture shock for them. But, but yeah, she's she's clearly relishing getting to, to, to play this character again. And she just... She she falls right back into it. Yeah, I I think like you say, um, I know that neither of them have, you know, done a great deal of acting recently, television acting. I thought both of them were fantastic. Yeah. They, yeah. they they were yeah, possible. Well, we'll talk about my favourite bit later on. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's investigating missing paintings around the world. There's been fifteen paintings gone missing. Uh, yeah. So she calls Tegan. Who's invest in? I, I nearly did a Tegan impression there. I nearly went. Who's investigating missing size <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why. I just sort of it just came out. Uh, so she's in Romania. Did they ever cross paths in the show? Um, Tegan and Ace. Yeah. No. All right. No. They just bonded somehow else off screen. Yeah, they clearly found each other in in you know. In the intervening years, yeah. So, whilst Tegan's been investigating, uh, she yeah. found a Russian doll toy box left with a note from the doctor. And it's little mm-hmm. Ashad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One wonders why Tegan was so willing to accept that the doctor would... would would do that but just like here you go Tegan not been in touch for, for several decades here have some horrible memories yeah have a <laughs> reminder of everything bad um, but yeah, yeah so they think it's time to go in yeah uh, back in Liverpool the TARDIS arrives to drop Dan off for his date uh, and I I I kind of found this a little bit heartbreaking. But then, at the same time, like, Dan's not in the rest of this episode. So I thought, well, that's a bit of a farewell. I mean, he does, he's there at the end. But, like, yeah, he just yeah. goes, oh, don't worry about it. I've had enough, really. I nearly got shot. I nearly flew <laughs> off into space. You know, it, it's been fun, but that's this not my been, life. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think John Bishop plays it perfectly. Yeah, he is so believable in that moment. It's that line where he just says, "You don't have to come back for me." Yeah, like you know, because yeah. it's almost blunt with the Doctor in a way that not a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I I like that. I I I felt a little funny about it at first. I was like, oh, you know, it's a shame to be saying bye to Dan right at the start of this story and you know we've not had him around for that long but then i was like you know what this has got to be yaz's story as much as it is the doctor's mm. she's been there from day one and she has a relationship with the 13th doctor that no other character has yeah and we we need to give that its due and so i thought that was actually fair to both Yaz as a character and to Mandit Gill as an actor that you know especially as you've got some returning classic uh, companions 
don't pull focus from Yaz any more than than is necessary. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Dan's house is still missing. Uh, so he says, mm-hmm. oh, "I'll have to go stay in my mum's." And the doctor goes <laughs> back in the TARDIS whilst Dan says goodbye to Yaz. Uh, yeah. Whilst inside, the doctor gets a message from a Dalek saying it means her no harm and wants to meet because it no longer believes mm-hmm. in the Dalek mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bit also, suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, usually is when they're nice, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. And it says that uh, Dalek incursion is imminent and the TARDIS has now locked on to the child from earlier. So it beams off there. Mm-hmm. We can't deal with the Dalek right now. Yeah. Uh, back in 1916, we see there's an extra planet in Earth's solar system, and Rasputin goes to meet the Tsarina, and it turns out it's the Master all along. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, why, I mean, we, why, we knew he was coming. Why is it early 1900s Russia? Is it just so he can be Rasputin? I, I think really, so. I didn't really get why it was set there, but I think it was just literally they needed him to be somewhere in the past, so they gave him that. Yeah. They, he just decided he would hide out. I mean, who knows what that what the Master has been doing, like, on... Uh, uh, you know, almost like having his own little side quests mm. that the Doctor's not privy to. Like... Being Rasputin um, gives him so much opportunity, you know. Um, And what I love about it as well is we don't know for sure. Is it a case that the Master assumed the place of the real Rasputin at some point and basically took hold of it? Or did he just show up in Russia? Mm. and become the figure that became Rasputin. Yeah, see, like, I, I thought... Was there ever a real Rasputin? He, yeah. People just do what he says. Yeah. So, so I, I, I love that. considered to be really charismatic, actually. It could just have been the master tricking him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's a great fit. It's It really, like... It, it works in the context of this universe... The, the Rasputin was always the master. So I, I, I love that as a piece of potential headcanon. But also I love that it's never made explicit one way or the other. You know, it's kind of up to you as a viewer to make your own decision on that, I think. So, yeah. Back, uh, but anyway, can, let's, let's just say right from the outset, Sasha Dewan. It's his best just... performance as the master. Oh, my God. And he's always been good. But... Here, he knows this is potentially his last hurrah. I'll be honest, I really hope it's not. But it might be. And just watching him all the way through this episode, just treating the scenery like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Just delightful. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Rasputin orders the Tsar away, whilst... The Doctor and Yaz land on the new cyber planet where there's a second TARDIS. And yeah. sprawled across the TARDIS are the words, ha, 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 ha. Hmm. I wonder who might be responsible for that. Yeah. Uh, so they go in and they see that the TARDIS core is lashed to the planet's centre. 
and the planet's mm. power source is the child they're looking for. Yeah. Except it's not a child. It's a Quarrynx. Quarrynx? Yeah. However you say that. <laughs> Uh, and just as they work all this out, Cybermen appear and shoot at the Doctor. So, so can we? So, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that the Quarrings, that is such classic Chibnall sci-fi bullshit. Yeah. I and you know what? I'm gonna miss it. It it doesn't always work, but I I love the way Chibnall casually tosses around massive ridiculous ideas like that and just uses them as a means of getting from A to B. Yeah, you know, it's something quite big but he just goes up, you know, it, it's effectively a battery, isn't it? But he just <laughs> yes. like goes, oh yeah. no, it's a child but it's also a living energy source. Yeah, but but the, sen- the sense of wonder and mystery of the universe... That that is, that is injected into this story as a result of it, because it could have just been, you know, that they could have, you know, you could have written this entire story and not had it be sentient, and just have it be a kind of, some kind of technological MacGuffin. But there's something quite powerful about making it a living being that wants to protect itself and therefore assumes the form of a child. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah, it's just that, that extra layer of thinking on top of things that I, I think is in many ways kind of unique to this era. I, I can't see RTD or Moffat coming up with a concept like that. No, no. It is sort of like a hallmark of his period, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. uh, sh- let's move yeah. on. So they run back to the TARDIS where Kate Stewart gives the Doctor a ring and invites her to the new unit HQ. And mm. this is one of my favourite bits where the Doctor is reunited with Tegan and Ace. Oh, it's so awkward. Yeah, but... Isn't it? <laughs> when, when we were chatting the other night, I think yeah. I'm right in saying it was Harry from the Who Can Convince You podcast, said that as soon... It might have been Mark, sorry. As soon as Ace referred to the Doctor as Professor, it was like, all sins are forgiven. This is immediately a great episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 It's a lovely moment. It's a lovely moment. And... um. And an important moment for Yaz as well, I think, because, you know, when Tegan very bluntly says to her, uh, we you from years back, um, it kind of, yeah, I think it sort of drops her into a level of reality that maybe she'd not had before, you know. Um so yeah, I, I like it. I like it for all of those reasons. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we find out that all the missing paintings that yeah uh, that Ace sorry has been investigating now have the master in them, and they all immediately. <laughs> I love this. Go on, sorry. I was just saying. I just I love that. I love as they're just doing the little PowerPoint of all of the the uh, the paintings with. <laughs> 
with the master. In, yeah. in many cases, quite poorly, just just slapped on. But it, it's also the master with oh. his bright blue Rasputin eyes, so it just looks <laughs> odd. Yes. Yeah, but I yeah I love it. I I love it because it's. It's very mastery in general, but it also feels very much this particular master. This is exactly the kind of pointless, long-game nonsense he would do just to get the Doctor's attention. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much a taunt, isn't it? But what yes. a way to go about it. Yeah. Um, so he hacks like their video feed, their computer screen, whatever... To say, uh, I'm leading a seismology lecture at Mount Vesuvius. You're welcome to attend. Uh, and the doctor says, right, I've got to go. Tegan, Ace, you're in charge here. And as she says goodbye, she gives them both a little static shock. Yeah. Um, now, when they arrive, I didn't really acknowledge this at the time, but thinking about it now, it makes sense. I don't know how I didn't see it before. Uh, the master has shrunk down all the world's seismologists. I don't know how I didn't link that to the little Cyberman. Yeah, it's it's the tissue compression device that he's he's used since his introduction and and is something that, that goes all the way back to uh Roger Delgado, the original master. Yeah. It's right. it's it's just it's it's not been part of the master's toolkit in um in uh, New Who, prior to to uh, Sasha Dewan, but uh, yeah, with this master, they they've really bought it. Uh, I mean, clearly Chibnall just loves the the, the tissue compression device, yeah. <laughs> and just any excuse to to have the master shrinking people. Yeah. Uh, so the master says that's all to give the Doctor a warning to leave Earth or die. <sighs> says this is the day that you are erased from existence mm. big claim uh, but as soon as he makes that big claim he's accosted by loads of soldiers uh, and the doctor tells he has to pull a gun on him which is a bit out of mm. character yeah but I, I think at this point like she's already had a very busy overwhelming day and I think she's genuinely just had enough of his shit for one day. Yeah. It, it, it's the equivalent of coming home and just having cereal for dinner, isn't it? She's just, <laughs> it she's just at the end of her rope and she's just like, do you know what? Just grab a gun. If he's stupid, just shoot him. <laughs> and also, bearing in mind, she knows he's a Time Lord and it's not like he's... It, it's not going to do any permanent damage to him, is it? Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah. again, I don't know how I didn't spot this bit. Because the master looks Yaz dead in the eye and just goes, uh-huh. oh, I, I ingested the Siberian, by the way. I'm a master tactician these days. And I don't know how I didn't <laughs> recognise this was all part of his plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have seen it coming. So the Dalek sends coordinates to the Doctor to meet, which scares the Master. Um, And then, for some reason, Vinder's in this story, for all he does. I think he just needed an extra pair of hands and, you know. 
they pretty much did. I think that there has been considerable speculation online that Vinder um, was introduced in Flux as a kind of hasty, last-minute Captain Jack replacement. Right. Uh, and he is continuing to function in that capacity in this story. Because in some ways it kind of makes more sense that, you know, because it was Captain Jack who did the, the warning about the lone Cyberman, mm. that he's maybe... It makes more sense that potentially he's been trying to keep on top of this whole situation. But... You know what? I don't care. I'm perfectly happy to have Vinda as a permanent Captain Jack replacement. Yeah. If if he um, starts popping up in in the RT the upcoming RTD two era, great. More the merrier. Or more specifically, as long as Captain Jack doesn't. Yes. Yeah. Right. Oh goodness me! You don't think RTD would be stupid enough to bring Captain Jack back at this point, do you? Wow. Well. Best indicator of future behaviour, David, is past behaviour. RTD's, you know, done it in the yeah. past. That would be a serious misjudgment, I think. That really would be. Anyway, let's not get hung up on that. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, Binder <laughs> is searching for the Quarrenx and crashes on the cyber planet, extra planet thing. Mm. And sees the Master's TARDIS. Yeah. Uh, one of my favourite bits of the episode was when the master told Kate Stewart that her dad's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and because... That was one of those where I spoke out loud watching this, where he went, your dad was an idiot. I just went, fucking yes, master. Get in there. <laughs> Go on, lad. What I love about that as well is it works as an as an in-universe insult, but it also genuinely... But bearing in mind that this is, you know, celebration of the entire history of Who, Chibnall knows that he's... That that is going to have an instant visceral response from a, from a lot of classic fans as well. It's like, oh, you can't talk about the Brigadier that way, you know? Yeah. I'm glad he did. And, yeah. I, I think it's great writing for that very reason. Um, yeah. Then he... He can't help himself, can he? He has a little go at Tegan, a little go at Ace on his way out. <laughs> yeah. You know, asks how Tegan's aunt is. Yeah. Oh, yes, you're, you won't be aware of that, but I might as well spoil that for you, Matt. Um, he shrunk her aunt. Yeah. I had that explained to me the other night by yeah. Rob. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Doctor leaves Ace and Tegan in charge of the Master. And Yaz mm -hmm. says to the Doctor, this all seems a bit of a trap. Um, yeah. And the Doctor touches Yaz on the shoulder and gives her a static shock. It turns out the Doctor's very staticky today. Mm -hmm. uh, so they go to meet the Dalek in a big volcano. I did like, I did like with the static thing as well, because I really want, it, I like how they play it, because at that point, I was like, well, clearly there is something going on here and it is going to come back later. But you cannot tell at that point whether the mm. Doctor has been messed with in some way and it's a bad thing or if the Doctor is doing something on the sly and it's a good thing. And, yeah. you know, we don't find that out until much later. But, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, Yaz sees that the Daleks have a huge drill. And mm -hmm. Tegan's little toy Cyberman jumps out of her bag uh, 
and the master says that actually he sent it pretending to be the doctor. It grows mm. into a full-sized Cyberman and releases loads more Cybermen in Unit HQ, including mm -hmm. a Shad. Yes. Now in clone form. Mm. Yeah, what happened yeah. to original I... Ashad? Did he just get shrunk down? He got shrunk down, yeah. yeah. Now, I I, I I, love the design of Ashad, but also I really like the performance in the original, and I think it's a little bit of a shame that they bring Ashad back for this, but he's basically just a slightly more agile Cyberman. Like, he yeah, doesn't it, really... It's more that... You know, they used to have the Cyber Commanders, didn't they, or whatever they were mm. called. It was just so they had a spokesman. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but minor nitpick. I, I think I prefer to have him there than not have him there at all. Yeah. Right. Um, where are we up to? Where are we up to? Ace and Tegan pull out some guns and shoot at the Cybermen with gold bullets, unaware that yep. the Cybermen are now immune which I thought was good, because yeah. they wouldn't know that. Uh, Ashad basically walks all the way through Unit HQ, just absolutely pounding anything in its path. Yeah. Just throwing men yeah. through walls, breaking legs, uh, and frees the Master, who teleports away. Really, Ashad is kind of like, has kind of become sort of the Terminator of yeah. um, this universe. I, I, again, I wonder whether there's scope to bring him back Well, in future. Late, later on, when the Doctor's like, oh, I wish I had a companion, why doesn't he just have a shad? What, what, why yeah. is he so mad at a shad? Oh, I don't know. Big finish, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> get, you, could get, you could crank out four box sets of that, easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after his failed takeover of the Doctor's body... The, yeah. the master retires to mid-90s Britain, hires a flat, and when he gets there, who's his flatmate? Would you believe it? It's a shad. And it's just oh. men behaving badly, but it's the master and a shad. I'd be well up for that. Right. The doctor and the little friendly Dalek are caught by other Daleks um, who just kill the friendly Dalek. And force mm -hmm. the Doctor into its casing where she's teleported away. Yeah. Uh, distressed by all this, Yaz then goes to pilot the TARDIS. She knows she has to do something, but she's not quite sure what. Yeah. Uh, the Doctor awakens in the Russian palace by the Master. So although mm. they've kind of interacted, this is the first time we see them like face to face, see what's going on. Toe to toe. Yes, yeah. Uh, so they make a little joke about the Dalek master plan or the master Dalek plan. <laughs> yeah. I bet yeah. you would have loved that. I can see your little face light up at that joke. <laughs> I did enjoy it, it must be said. <laughs> I, I thought it was too much. Just leave it. <laughs> right. So the master wants forced regeneration to punish the doctor. Yes. So, rather than killer, it's the greatest Time Lord disgrace, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we find out that the whole new planet is there just 
to prevent, sorry, just to provide the energy for forced regeneration. Yeah. And then I'm going to let you lead on this bit because you told me earlier this was your favourite scene. Talk to me about Ra Ra Rasputin. <laughs> I think it had to be done, didn't it, Matt? Did it? They had to go there. I think if they hadn't, we would have. Uh, it would have been a point of regret for Chibnall and and and, and all concerned. Do you not um, think though that this, along with all the news flashes earlier, are a very unChibnall way of doing things? It's an RTD type thing, this, isn't it? Okay, yeah. So so the obvious parallel is the Sim Master in uh, the Sound of Drums, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think, to be honest, I think this is a better execution of that of that same basic concept, and also it's worth it for Sasha Dewan's silly little dance. Yeah, I get the feeling he doesn't do a lot of dancing in his spare time. <laughs> uh, who cares? It. Uh, I. I thought it. 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 It got a good chuckle out of me. Um, so I'm not complaining. Right. The only bit of this scene I did like is the awkward little glance between the Cyberman and the Dalek. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It is brilliant. Where they just look at each other as if, like, just like well, he's in charge, uh, gotta go with it. <laughs> just, uh, I thought it was more just like, have we made a mistake teaming up with yeah. this guy? Yeah. <laughs> is this really in our best interest? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see a lot of conservative backbenchers doing that at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. The master tells Yaz it's time to say goodbye. The forced regeneration begins and the doctor becomes the master. And one thing I will say about Sasha Dewan, he looked great wearing Jodie Whittaker's clothes. Oh, yes. Um... He does, and and furthermore, you know, when oh, well, we're probably not there yet with the costume change for mm. for the Master Doctor, but uh, I mean, yeah, he pulls off anything. Let's be honest, he looked he looked great as Rasputin. Yeah, he's just an all round good looking guy. He sure is. Right, uh, the TARDIS arrives moments too late, so the Master enters and says, "I'm going to take Yaz on an adventure back <coughs> at Unit HQ." Ace gets her bat and jacket back, as we all knew yeah. she was going to at some point. Yeah, and yeah, had to be done. Wicked! <laughs> um, and then they're going to head to the roof with Tegan so they can parachute away, because the building's on lockdown, it's the only way out. Yeah. Um, whilst the master continues to threaten Yaz, up on the roof, Tegan feels bad for bringing the Cybermen into unit. So mm-hmm. she runs back to help Kate Stewart, leaving Ace to parachute away on her own. Right, yeah. Uh, Yaz pushes the Master out of the TARDIS. This is where he's changed his clothes. Yes, and she yeah. she teleports away, leaving him to sit down and play the silly little recorder. <laughs> now, I, can't, I didn't check close enough. Did we have something for every single Doctor? Certainly we've got the scarf we've got the recorder we've got the seventh doctor's question mark pullover 
Yeah, we've got the what... celery. Yeah, we've got the celery. Um, so there must be a, a, a bit of first doctor and third doctor in there somewhere, I feel like. Now, speaking of the first Doctor, yeah, this was one of my favourite bits because remember last week I made the prediction that there was going to be multiple Doctors. Yeah, you did. You did indeed. We got that. So Jodie wakes up to see David Bradley, and at this point, I yeah. assumed uh, she's just going to talk to him about some timeless child nonsense. We're just going to wrap that up. You know, she's or, just going to talk it, it, to the first Doctor, and here we go. Yeah. Either that, or or just we get we get pep talk from the first Doctor and and we're done. Like uh, already, I was just like, oh, I, I was like, okay, it's not Hartnell, but it doesn't matter. We have we have a canonical, if you like, recasting of the first Doctor that works for most people. Let's make use of that. That's great. I I was, I was happy. I didn't need more than that. Then. We get Colin Baker. Oh. And this was where I kind of perked up a bit. And I was like, all right, here here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get Peter Davison. Yeah. And this is where I really picked up. We got Paul McGann. We did. We got McGann. His first appearance in an episode (laughs) of Doctor Who. Uh, I, I guess kind of, yeah. We we had Night of the Doctor, which was just a, a you know an online minisode thing. We had, um, and we had the TV movie, which you know, is it canon or not? You know, open to debate. But there he is. There he is. You know, in with all the others. And then and I do... we get Sylvester McCoy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Oh. Uh, yeah what a scene it was it was brilliant it is the 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 okay so much to say so first of all i love that they didn't try any kind of de-aging nonsense Mm -hmm. just let them be who they are great love it um they all perform it brilliantly the transitioning between the different doctors the effects of it and the editing it all works so well um and also i think mcgann gets the best line out in the whole episode which is i don't do ropes no but as as much as i love that i love that as soon as he said it they, they immediately merged him into <laughs> Sylvester McCoy for all of about three seconds just so he could roll yeah. his eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, it, it, it was brilliant. And again, yeah. I, I think it was Harry raised this when we did the after show. What a clever way to work in past doctors. You don't yes. have to have them all running around like the bloody five doctors that we've watched. No. Just have no. them... You know, whenever the Doctor needs advice, just cue in one of the old ones. Yeah, it just... It's just... What it does is is, is it acknowledges the legacy without without putting focus from the presence. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, brilliant. Brilliantly yeah. done. Yeah. So, the reason they're all there, yeah, is as part of the regeneration... There's almost like a metaphorical acceptance. You have to accept this is coming. 
Yes. Whereas what they want to do is stop Jodie Whittaker reaching that point. They say she's not done yet. And they need to remind her there's always a way out, a way through things. Yeah. Yeah. And the way out of that <coughs> is the Doctor has created an AI based on their personality, their understanding and intelligence, put it in the TARDIS, and it's visible to people once she static shocked them. Uh-huh. Except she didn't static shock Vinda, but he can see it anyway. Don't worry about that. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just point that out. It's not a perfect episode. Yeah, no, it's fair. Okay, fair point. So they go to pick up Vinda, and they realise they can reverse the regeneration, but it's dangerous. Uh, yeah. Tegan shouts at Kate Stewart for a bit, you know, because Kate Stewart's just like, "Oh, you're just an expendable civilian," and Tegan's like. No, 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 my friend. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So we find out that the plan is containment and structural destruction of Unit HQ with all the Cybermen in there, going to entomb them. Kate Stewart's going to cause a distraction. Ashad begins hunting her, and Tegan needs to get to the basement to set off the destruction. Yeah. Uh, Ace parachutes off the building and lands straight in the TARDIS. Yes. So there's a plan to use her to stop the Daleks. So the mm -hmm. yeah, so Yaz goes to the Master's TARDIS with Vinda, having dropped Ace off to stop the Daleks, causing volcanic eruptions and flooding the Earth. That's part of the plan mm -hmm. we've not really discussed. Yeah. Okay. Now, one of my favourite bits of this episode is when the Doctor appears to Tegan to outline a plan and turns into Peter Davison. And I think yes. he might have stolen the show for me in this episode. It's between him and McGann. He's so good, isn't he? Mm. I've been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of Peter Davison on audio. And you know what? Part of me is like I, I know they wanted to go for a young doctor with him. But imagine what we could have got if they'd cast him when he was a bit older. Because I, I think I think he's better on audio. And he's great every time he pops up. You know, he was great in Time Crash. Great in this. Um, yeah, I, I love slightly older Peter Davison. Um, but yeah, the, the I'm not going to spoil the details for you when, when he... he says to Segan, look, I know exactly what you're thinking, uh, Adric. Um, well, I'm for aware those of in... what happens oh, with him, yeah. You're aware, are you? Okay, yeah, I didn't want to just come out and say it, but, um, yeah. A yeah. Gr yeah, a great moment. Yeah. I also like and... where Tegan says, oh, you look like you, but a bit older. And he just goes, well, I could say the same to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, that that's a that's a great joy of Doctor Who, and and one of, I think the most important abilities any actor being cast as the Doctor needs to have that ability to pivot between comedy and drama and action, like all in such a short time span. Mm. Um, turn on a dime, but without feeling like it's manic and they're just different people. 
Um, yeah, lovely moment. Yeah, and again, really... unexpected. Like, and I, and, I, and I was like, when it when it was happening, I was just like, oh, curse you, Jimdall. This is brilliant. Of course, of course, it's because it's just a hologram. Of course, it can just take the form of any doctor, and it would make sense that it ends up being like the one that that person, you know, particularly remembers. And it's just, yeah, it's such a good way to use classic doctors. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that bit where he says, yeah. oh, I'd never forget any of you. Yeah. So we see Ace under the volcano. She's got some good old Nitro 9. She does. And this time, when the Doctor appears to her, it's McCoy. Yeah. And, you know, they have a little chat and she says, <laughs> you know, don't apologise. It was brilliant. Sorry we had a falling yeah. out. And then... Yeah. I, Honestly, I, I think if there's one bit where they missed a real opportunity here, it was when she says to the Doctor, are we good? And I genuinely thought, when he said, we're better than good, he was going to go, we're wicked. Obviously, no catchphrase. <laughs> but he just goes, yeah. oh, we're ace. And I, yeah. when he was, I thought, I was literally like, he's going to say it. He's going to say wicked. Uh, and then when he went, oh. we're ace, I just went, Oh, right, we, we've taken that path, have we? Yeah. We're going that uh, it's you know what? I'm never not going to be. I'm never going to be able to think of anything else. Every time I watch that now, thanks, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> like literally, he goes, "We're better than good." I was like, "Right, say wicked." Here we go, and he goes, "We are ace." I was like, "Right, well, that's uh, that's not the line, Sylvester." But go yeah, on. <laughs> I, I I want to hear that now. I want to hear Sylvester McCoy saying "wicked," uh, but oh well. Um, it's still a good. It's still again a lovely moment, and um, yeah, yeah, and not, it really just nicely puts to bed all those people that were mad about yeah. Ace and the Doctor having a falling out. Oh well, uh, also, I mean that in particular. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm I'm pretty sure. Because that's not the note it, that that it's left on on TV. So I I feel like. It must be referencing like Virgin New Adventures novel yeah. stuff, which is um, that's a can of worms. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, you know, great. For, my limited great for those, those wilderness years it's fans. A, it's a dark corner of the Doctor Who story. <laughs> yeah. Right. But well, I'll tell you go. what's not a dark corner is uh, Ace bumping into Graham, the team up we never knew we needed. Yes, and it it makes such immediate sense, doesn't it? As well, and, and like I I'm sure I heard at least a rumor that Graham was Graham was going to be in this, but when I was watching it, I'd completely forgotten about it. And then when he popped up, I was just like, ah, oh, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. So he tries to introduce him as someone else, but the psychic paper doesn't work, which means Ace is able to deduce he's a friend of the Doctor. Uh, mm -hmm. She says, you should have seen the Daleks when I fought them in 1969. So he says, Claude, blimey, how old are you? And she says, well, you'd never ask a lady that. Certainly not on the first date. And I was like, yes! Ooh. Graham, yes! It makes sense. Yeah, like, it, it's it's you don't have much to go on there, but immediately I was just like, oh, you know what? I could see it. I could see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine so, Ace like just stood there really angry and frustrated that Ryan can't ride a bike. She's 
like every weekend, Graham. He's just not going to get it. She'd just be taking a baseball bat to it. Yeah, just yeah, smacking it down the side of that hill. Right. Um, the Cybermen approach Kate Stewart, and she says, look, I'm a valuable asset. I'll surrender if you release all the hostages. So they take her for conversion, but sense Tegan escaping down a mineshaft. Yeah. And just start shooting. Uh, the Master orders the volcanic eruptions whilst Yaz talks down to him. <coughs> so, you know, really puts him in his place. And she mm. says, if you're so clever, how come you didn't notice her? At which point, Joe Martin enters. And I'd totally forgotten yes. about her by this point in the story. Oh. Yeah, but we needed it. I said, I said all along, we've got to have some Fugitive Doctor in here. Um, and so I was very re happy and relieved to see her. Yeah. So they don't recognise her because obviously it's a form of the mas the doctor that the master maybe hasn't seen. Yeah. Uh, but when all the Cybermen shoot her, uh, because she's a hologram, the shots go straight through. And yeah. the Cybermen all just shoot each other. Haha. <laughs> Sucks I to be them. The Cybermen are the worst Doctor Who villain. I know you love them, David, but they're absolutely I do. shocking. All right. But, uh, yeah, oh, my God. Joe Martin is so good as the Doctor. Yeah. Just strolls in there and immediately owns the place. Like, uh, everyone is putting in 110% yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I especially like that when Joe Martin leaves, she's like, oh, I'll be seeing you around. So, yes, she's not going anywhere. Yeah. And she, well, she stares straight down the barrel of the camera there, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm holding you to that promise. Because <laughs> uh, I, I need, I, I just, just give us like a six episode miniseries or something. Adventures of the Fugitive Doctor. Yeah. We don't need to go full MCU here and do a billion spin-offs, but this is a spin-off that we need. Well, Get I like done. the idea of a, let's redo Torchwood, but instead it's Unit and it's past companions that Kate Stewart's hiring. When she says, oh, Tegan yeah. and Ace are my freelancers, I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah, I'd be up for that. I mean, the thing is, it is a massive universe. You could do a lot of spin-offs if you wanted to. I, um, I'd be up for one or two, but I, 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 I don't want them to be running before they can walk with that, with that sort of stuff. So, you know, a little caution would be good. But, but yeah, there's so much that they could potentially do. Right. Vinder pulls a gun, shoots <coughs> the master, and chucks him in the regeneration machine. Yeah. Uh, all the other doctors wish Whitaker good luck, and she comes back to life again. Well, hey. Good on her. Yeah. Right. The Cybermen begin converting Kate Stewart, but Tegan arrives and unplugs it just in time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did think it'd be nice to see a Lethbridge Stewart family portrait where they're all just Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's Grandad before he blasted off into space. You know, there's me. Oh, right. God. 
So the doctor comes up with a plan. So she rescues Ace and Graham, also rescues Kate and Tegan. Mm-hmm. But the Rasputin master escapes. The doctor fixes Vinda's ship and links it to the master's TARDIS. And they also link the two TARDISes to the cyber planet. So they bring it forward in time to 2022. Okay. And use yeah. it to halt volcanic eruption. So all the lava is converted into... It's like frozen just into steel, isn't it? Yes. Okay. As, as the doctor puts it, take a, a potentially um, like life-threatening situation, turn it into public art. There you are. Yeah. So the Doctor then goes to free the Quarinks and says, look, one last thing before you go, can you blow this planet up? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Master arrives. He's somehow just in his TARDIS. He just turns up. Uh, and whilst his body is failing, he makes the Quarinks shoot at the Doctor. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So... Yaz runs out and carries the Doctor back to the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Lovely what... shot, I think, of... of and, and immediately much fan-arted shot yeah. of, uh, of Yaz carrying the 13th Doctor. But in my head, I don't know why, I see Jodie Whittaker as bigger than Mandip Gill, so Mandip Gill must be pretty strong. Yeah. Well, I think she probably is. Like, yeah. certainly Yaz seems to be. Do you think she could lift me up? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe pop along to a cod and ask her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just start, queue, queue for two hours, say, no, don't need want, don't want an autograph. I just want to know, do you reckon you could pick me up? No, because they'll be... You know what Doctor Who fans are like. They're all bloody freaks. I bet I won't be the first <laughs> person that has asked her. To pick her up, but they'll, they'll be asking for bloody sexual gratification. You know what they're all like, perverts. Right. Yeah. So the doctor wakes up after Yaz has taken everyone home, and we hear the cloister bell ring and see the doctor mm. has regeneration energy coming from her. Yeah, we know it's coming. So the doctor offers Yaz one last trip, and mm. they watch the earth together eating ice cream. And I, I, one bit that I really did like, if if any part of this episode kind of emotionally got to me, it mm-hmm. was the Doctor says, you know, look, I've loved our time together, I've loved our adventures, I've loved it all. And I thought she was going to say, and I love you. But instead, yeah. just bluntly goes, I think I need to do this next bit on my own. <coughs> yeah. You know? Okay, yeah. I... I think it, 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 it all makes perfect sense and is really well played by both of them and and re- really works for the character of the Doctor. Um, but we are, we are getting to my one major point of criticism with this episode, which is that we understand the Doctor's decision, but we don't get enough of Yaz's side of it. What I wanted was a moment of acknowledgement or acceptance from Yaz that this can't go on forever and she needs to kind of move on with the rest of her life, same way 
as Dan had. Uh-huh. I think the seeds are all there. I think that's what it's leading towards. But you never quite get that sense that Yaz is anything other than heartbroken and is going to spend the rest of her life just, just wishing for something back that, that she can't get back. Um, but it's not played for that level of tragedy. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like I feel yeah. like we as the audience are being expected to accept what we're being told by the Doctor and Yaz is just going along with it. But I'm like, would she just go along with it? Would she not? Would there not be a little more... I just needed a couple of lines from Yaz in that moment mm. just to get her side of it and have that a little more crystallised, I think. Just that moment of acknowledgement that, like, yeah, it's been wonderful, but I need to move on too. That's all we needed. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to harp on that too much. It doesn't, It's not like the whole story is ruined because we didn't get that moment. But I, I did feel like for... for Especially as, you know, we've talked from day one with Yaz that she has often been underserved by the writers. Yeah. And <coughs> you know, they you... don't break that tradition, do they? No, not quite, not quite. They get so close. So close to giving her a really satisfying story arc, but they, they kind of seem to bottle it at the last moment. We don't know, because it's like, what is Yaz going to do? Is she going to go back to being a police officer? Is she? We don't even get to see her like hug her mum, <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's no, there's no real sense of closing of the loop of Yaz's story, um, and I just, I felt we needed that just a little bit more than than we got. Um, but anyway, it is. It's other than that. It's a beautiful moment. Makes perfect sense from the Doctor's perspective. Love them sitting on top of the, the, the TARDIS eating ice cream. Um, it's beautiful. And I think we have to acknowledge as well. Well done to the 13th Doctor. First Doctor in a very long time to ensure every single one of her companions is safely back home on Earth in the correct time period. Yeah. <laughs> you know, more or less not well, no, none the, the worse for wear. Um, and also, she's the first Doctor in a while to sensibly regenerate outside of the TARDIS. Yeah. 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 I just think... Yeah. We'll talk about the regeneration. We so, will. So, before that happens, uh, the Doctor drops Yaz off in a park where yeah. she meets Dan and Graham. They're back together. Yeah. And... Graham does quite a nice little speech where he says, you know, I've seen all these wonderful things, I've been on all these adventures, but I can't talk to anybody about it. And then thought, well, I'm probably not the only one. And yeah. he started a little support group for ex-companions. Ah, uh, I love this. Yeah. I love this. Uh, I, I love this on so many levels. I mean, for one, just getting getting the, those extra faces in there, wonderful. You know, we've got Katie Manning, we've got Bonnie Langford, 
we've got William Russell. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Oh my god, I, I certainly didn't. That was talk about the cherry on top. Now you said what? last week you were hoping or you thought we might see Susan. Yeah. Do you feel satisfied having had William Russell in her stead? I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. Because for for like plot reasons that you couldn't have had Susan in that scene. Um. But it, it yeah. So I I will happily accept William Russell as a consolation prize because, I mean, ah, oh, yeah. And, and yeah, talk about closing the loop. That really is closing the loop, isn't it? Yeah. And again, the story just, started in 1963. It, it's such a clever way of doing it. Yeah. And and the other reason I love this scene is that I think it also works as an analogy for fandom, and I guess specifically Doctor Who fandom. Having experienced these wonderful, amazing stories and just desperately wanting to talk to other people about them. You know? Yeah. Finding a safe space in which to do that without fear of judgment. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I know I always joke about not being a Doctor Who fan, but the yeah. 24 hours between watching this episode and being able to talk to people about it Felt like a life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, it, it episodes like this. They just when they get it right, they just remind you of just how special and unique this show is. Mm. No other show in the history of television could make moments like this happen and have this level of resonance. Yeah, I think. It, it, it set you a can't world do record, it. didn't it? For the longest appearances, the longest time between appearances of an actor playing a character on screen for William Russell. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, I can believe it. world record holder. It was some bloke out of Coronation Street before, but William Russell's like right. absolutely smashed it. Oh, good on him. I hadn't even considered that, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, great scene. Um, and by, by all accounts, like I, I was reading earlier today in DWM, um, some of Chibnall's interviews about, about this. And I, I get the sense that this was, he said he, he, he kind of knew a lot of how he wanted to end his era from the very beginning. I feel like this was a scene that he had in the back of his mind right from the off. So yeah, wonderful stuff. Yeah. Well done, Chibnall's. Yeah. Right. Uh, so then we get the regeneration scene. Uh, yeah. You know, and this is a line that's going to be quoted for years to come, isn't it? Doctor, mm-hmm. whoever you or me be, tag, you're it. That's, I, I thought that was like a fun, playful way to end. Yeah. You know? And absolutely perfect for Whitaker's Doctor. Yeah. Because as yeah. you say, so fun. Playful, no big speeches, no, no, you know, massed choirs, no, and just 
you know, she has a she has a little wobble right when she's starting to regenerate, saying, "Oh, I want more time," but mm. she sort of takes a deep breath and accepts it. Yeah. And so, I mean, you compare and contrast this regeneration to David Tennant's. Yeah. Um, it, it it almost feels like a very intentional reaction against some of the more overblown convoluted regeneration stories that we've had of recent years yeah um, I, I think it might be my favourite regeneration just because mm. it's joyous <laughs> yes yeah I, lo- I, I like Capaldi's a lot and I like Eccleston's a lot so in terms of new who regenerations, those are the two other contenders. But it is right up there. It is right up there for sure. Yeah. yeah and then no. I guess we we have to address the other side of it. Yeah, we have to address the David Tennant yeah. in the room. Yes. <sighs> okay. He's I, back. I, I don't really mind it. If if they do it well, you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But in in the next time trailer, you know, he does say the line, I don't know who I am anymore. So I, yeah. I think it could be a nice, you know, kind of exploration. I, I, I think I can only judge the David Tennant factor after I've seen the next episode. Yes, yeah, and I think there are there are a few important things to acknowledge and, and, and things that do give me hope. So, uh, for context, I, I had said previously, the one thing I didn't want from this story is to see Jodie Whittaker regenerating into David Tennant, and we get precisely that. So part of me was a little bit... I knew it was going to be a possibility, and a very a very likely possibility, but, but part of me still was like... No, we're just gonna, we're going to get shooty, and then there's going to be some reason why we end up going with with David Tennant for a bit, and it'll all sort of make sense in the long run. But no, we get the regeneration into into Tennant. But one thing that I think is really really crucial: the clothes change. Yeah, he's not wearing the Thirteenth Doctor's clothes we the entire attire changes and to be clear that's not a production error that's not a that's not just a sort of like somebody wasn't paying attention kind of situation that was a very conscious choice because in the forced regeneration nonsense we had earlier in the episode the master when he's regenerates into the doctor he's wearing her clothes Mm. so Something different has happened here. Yeah. There has been some kind of shift for some reason. And I think I think a lot of next year's episodes are going to be tackling that head on. Yeah. That is my instinct. So I'm okay with it, I think. Yeah, I'm quite excited to see where we go. Yes, and what really made me got me to make peace with it was the the teaser that that aired afterwards uh very very brief 
But as you say, we get that moment of, of, of David Tennant being very confused, and then we get an equally confused shooting at one yeah. <laughs> at the very end. Um, so, yeah, acknowledgement there that he's on, on the way still as well. So who the hell knows what we're getting <laughs> next year? Yeah. But I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this episode, it's... It's amazing. It, it, uh, the way it manages to both feel as epic and kitchen sink as any kind of finale could hope to be, but at the same time has so much room for these small tender character moments and and, and everything feels so understated and elegant at times in a way that Doctor Who finales do not tend to be. You know, you think about Matt Smith's regeneration story, which is just a load of mad shouty nonsense. Um, and you compare it to this, it's like, oh, um, yeah, um, I think, I think, I think Chibnall absolutely smashed it with this one. Yeah. And, um, I really hope that this is the beginning of a thorough and nuanced reappraisal of his era. Because I think yeah. when you look at it in its totality, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I, it, there's as many hits as misses. Yeah, which is, I think, equally true of the RTD and Moffat eras. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest, they weren't all winners in, yeah. in, in those eras either. Um, and I think there's been a lot of rose-tinted spectacles and stuff. and, and I So I really hope... We've 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 ended on a high. We can take a deep breath, and over the next few months, whilst we're getting excited for 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 the sixtieth stuff, we can take a moment to appreciate that actually, Chibnall, Whitaker, and all the rest gave us quite a lot of really good new Doctor Who. We should be very thankful for that. Um, right. Do you want some listener tweets? Or should we just not yes. this week? Yeah, no. Let's, 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 let's hear what, what our listeners have to say on the subject. Right, we've got quite a few, unsurprisingly. Okay. Okay, so the first one comes from Nick H, who I think is a first-time tweeter. Awesome. Who, who says, 10 out of 10 for the feels, 6 out of 10 for the story. Bit harsh, but... I, I mean, I agree it's 10 out of 10 for feels. I, I guess I would say... You know what, I'd say 8 out of 10 for the story. I like the story, as jumbled as it is. Then we have a message from Mark from the All of Time and Space podcast, a member of the After Show team. Do you want to say hello, David? Hello, Mark. Mark says, The story was all kinds of banana pants crazy. Loved all the old doctors and companions coming back, and Jodie's regeneration scene was very much in keeping with their performance since The Woman Who Fell to Earth. I'm very excited to see how the show evolves again next year. Yeah. These uh, these moments of change are, are just so exciting when you're a Doctor Who fan, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Just kind of not know what, where we're going next. 
Then we have a message from our friend Andy David, who just simply says, I enjoyed it. Oh, good. Uh, another first Always nice to hear from Andy. Tony Filer has mm-hmm. said, here's what I think, but then it's a link to like his blog, and it's far too long for mm. me to read. But let's just say yeah. he loved it. Yeah. yeah I, I think he's, he's may, may, maybe misunderstood the purpose of that tweet. Uh, then we have the Doctor Who show, one of my favourite podcasts. Say hello, David. Mm-hmm. Hello, uh, Doctor Who show. Who says this is the rise of Skywalker syndrome raising its head in Doctor Who, with an appallingly bad story and the obvious strategy of throwing so much at the screen, especially by way of fan service, that it will paper over the cracks. For some, it does. For me, it doesn't. Six out of ten at the very best. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I again, I think that it, the Doctor Who show, they are, I think, always fair and honest. I never, I never get the sense with them that they are bashing stuff for the sake of bashing stuff. Um, but also, I think they've been a lot, a lot more down on the Chibnall era as a whole than I have. So, um, agree to disagree on that one. I think. Then we have another new tweeter, David. I hope mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing this right. It's Alex Gibbon. Hello, be, Alex. Could be Gibbon, like Simon Le Bon. Mm-hmm. Could be Gibbons, like the monkey. <laughs> so let's go with this. Alex Gibbon says, It's great, but wouldn't have started with the bullet train. Loved all the guests. Great to see the Eighth Doctor. Yeah. God, it really was though, wasn't it, Matt? So yeah. good to get McGann in there. Yeah, for all he, I said this on the after show. For all the love he gets, it's not enough. <laughs> it it isn't. No, it isn't. I will not rest until McGann is has the same level of mainstream acceptance as the Doctor as David Tennant does. Wow. Right. Next tweet is from James Courtney. Hi, James. Uh, James Courtney still yet to donate to the Wheelie Big Quiz. I noticed Jacobus yeah. X has, but James Courtney hasn't. So Shocking. Just keeping that out there. Yeah. Right. James Courtney says, it's the modern five doctors to go with the 50th anniversary's three doctors. It may be a mess that's plot is paper thin, but it's a glorious mess that's stuffed full of fan service. Let's just hope the 60th isn't Dimensions in Time. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. Right. Then we have James Swifty Swift, who mm-hmm. says, "I think it was amazing. It might be my favourite new, re- uh, sorry, my new favourite regeneration story. Pretty good ending for this era." I always tend to agree with what James Swift says. Yeah, Great yeah. Minds think alike. Indeed. Right. Then we have Ariel, who says it was pretty good, except that I was distracted the whole time hoping that Jodie wouldn't regenerate into David Tennant, and then she did, and it ruined the whole episode for me. That is an appalling way to watch this episode. <laughs> yeah, I would say, if, if you've like, got all time... All things, and you're just like, well, I suppose bloody Tennant's on his way. I can't enjoy this. <laughs> I would, I, my advice to Ariel would be, if you've got the time, take a deep breath, and, and give it another watch, knowing what's coming... And just kind of 
in, in, enjoy the ride for what it is. Because I, 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 I do have a little sympathy with Ariel there in that I'm also, I'm not keen on this whole tenant coming back thing. And I, I, I remain to be convinced. I'm open to it. I will see what, what we're doing next year. But it wouldn't have been my first choice. And like, also part of me is just annoyed that like, you know, when you, when you have like, Art of all the doctors in a row or whatever. It's like, oh, do we do we just have to have tenant twice now? <laughs> I'm not happy about that. <laughs> no. to, to paraphrase you, David, agree to disagree. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Right, moving on. Final tweet, David, is from Sonia. Hi, Sonia. Who says it was good? I like how the past doctors and companions were used. Jodie's last line was good. Fourth regeneration was meh, but Rasputin was amusing. I'm bummed about regenerating back into ten with the clothes. It definitely seems like uh, it's set up to be something weird going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and then the final tweet comes from D Tenant Official, who says, mm -hmm. "I'm back, bitches. Deal with it." Uh, I, I did see a really nice tweet from David Tennant's wife, Georgia Tennant, mm -hmm. who it just simply said, daughter of four, boyfriend of ten, wife of fourteen. Yeah. Um, pretty good take. Yes, indeed. I mean, it would have been five, but uh, you know, I'll let that slide. Oh, David, shush. <laughs> I say I let that slide, I clearly didn't. No, <laughs> no, you've corrected me. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, this is the point in the show where I would normally talk about what we're doing next week. Um, but I'm going to take a slightly longer view. I think now's as good a time as any to kind of give everyone a bit of an update on what the rest of this year is looking like for us. So... Um, basically, Matt and I had a little chat about it and we're just... We don't, we don't have it in us to start up another series of Sarah Jane adventures and and, and, and drop it halfway through and finish it off next year. And we, we kind of want to start with a clean slate next year. So, um, next three weeks we are going to be doing our remaining listener pick episodes, starting with uh, expiry dating which was uh, chosen by Jacobus X. So so that's what's going to be coming next week. Um, it, we will still have the Weedy Big Quiz feature and we will have a nice chat about that, doc, uh, about that Big Finish uh, story. So if you have the means to do so, give that a listen beforehand. Um, and we'll let you know in advance what the next couple of uh, listener picks are going to be. But that's going to kind of round out most of our year. Then we're going to be taking a few weeks off and you'll get our, uh, the compilations that Matt put together of the uh, A to Zs that we did earlier in the year. Um, so that's going to cover most of December. And then late in December, we're going to be doing our Christmas special episode. And I might as well tell you, if, if anyone wants to be unspoiled for this, um, you can probably just check out of this episode at this point. Um, but I will let uh, the rest of you know, if you want to uh, 
if you want to listen to it in advance, we are going to be doing The Chimes of Midnight as a Christmas special episode this year. So that is another big finish uh, story. It's a Paul McGann story. Uh, I believe it's available on Spotify if uh, you have the means of accessing that. So um, hopefully a lot of you listening, if you've not heard it before, you'll have an opportunity to do that. And then for our the, the next week, for our New Year special, we're going to be doing something that I've saved for myself for many, many years as a little treat to watch one day and have never watched before. And that's the Five-ish Doctors reboot, which was the uh, sort of, I believe it's a comedic special thing that was put together by Peter Davison uh, as part of the 50th anniversary shenanigans. So that's what we're going to be doing to round out uh, 2022 and see in 2023. And then starting in 2023, we're going to be back on the usual schedule of flipping between uh, Classic Who and Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood and, and kind of just keep keep going like that until we get to the 60th stuff. But crucially... We've made a pretty big decision, haven't we, Matt? We have, yeah. Moving forward, yeah. um, And I think it's worth just acknowledging that and giving people a bit of a heads up. From 2023, we are going to be moving to a fortnightly schedule. And there's myriad reasons for that. Um, But the, the main one is we love doing this podcast and I don't think we want to get burnt out on it. Um, and I think, I think doing Torchwood week to week got us close to that point. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think there was, there was a period earlier in the year where I really felt we'd hit our stride and, you know, I think early 2022 was probably, I would say when our show was the best and then we hit Torchwood. Um, so I, I'm, uh, the hope is doing, uh, going fortnightly, it will, it will give us opportunities to recharge our batteries a little more between episodes. Um, it will certainly in my case, I've got other projects that I kind of have been neglecting over the last couple of years. That I would really like to get going a bit more. Um, so just freeing up a bit more time for myself to do those kinds of things as well. And, um, yeah, I, I sincerely hope that everyone who's listening now will still want to join us next year, even if we are a, a slightly less frequent occurrence on your podcast feed than we have been previously. Um, basically, I mean, there, there is a good chance I might do some silly little bonus episodes and things on the off week. We're, so we're all we're always then, keeping the door open for, for occasional bonus stuff, but um, but certainly. We just got we we want to kind of pace things out a little bit more, I think. Um, just so we're not we're not, as I say, reaching that point of just complete burnout and and just ending up just throwing the towel in altogether. Because I don't want to do that. I don't think you want to do that, Matt. And uh, I assume if you've listened this far, uh, then you, dear listener, probably don't want us to do that either. So that's what what uh, how things are looking. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add to that, Matt. Um, no, I think, 
we can all agree that probably a fortnightly podcast is the power of the Doctor. That's the real <laughs> power of the Doctor. So. Yes, indeed. Now, I think we I, can I, all I, agree on that. I think you, you've put it better than I ever could. You know, I, I think when, when you make a weekly feature of let's do a crossword, you know, you might be a bit bereft of ideas. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we, we'll be back. We'll be back. We're not going anywhere, but we might no. just have a bit more time to prepare. I think you know, so. You've I got think, to think, when I think... we started this podcast, your son wasn't born, obviously. Things have changed there. Mm-hmm. You know. They have indeed. My circumstances have changed. We, you know, life has just caught up with us and we just need a bit of time. I think so, yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of keep you posted as we go on. But as I say, for next three weeks, we're going to be doing... Winnie Big Quiz will be carrying on as usual and um, we will be uh, just doing the last of our listener picks and we've got some very interesting stuff coming up uh, with those, I think. So uh, do join us for, tho- uh, for those. But uh, until then, as always, thank you ever so much for listening and until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.